0: All right, so we'll go ahead and start getting going. We're two minutes in. Man, I am so excited. I got two of my good friends here. Um, I want to keep this super professional, but I don't know if you guys ever seen The Kings of Comedy, and Steve Harvey had to be the best intro person on the planet. And the way he introduced every single comedian, I've always wanted to do it. So I'm going to say screw it. And I'm going to go Steve Harvey. And if you don't like the language, then you probably don't belong on this web. I'd like to first introduce my motherfucking friend, Jason Hennessy, who I've known for over a decade, one of the baddest SEOs in the industry. This guy is an entrepreneur, a dad, a good friend, an amazing business person, someone that I look up to. I'm um, so proud to have a partnership with. We've grown together substantially. We're gonna go into that story and how that happened. Ladies and gentlemen, give a virtual hand to my motherfucking <laughs> friend, Jason <laughs> Hennessey, please. Whoa,
1: it a different <laughs> turn <term> here.
0: <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and next, we have another friend that I've known for, I don't know, probably around the same time as uh, Jason, if not a little bit longer, Seth. Um, <laughs> My motherfucking friend, attorney, SEO, dad, awesome all around person, Seth Price, the owner of Price Benowitz, not only one of the biggest law firms in the Northeast and probably eventually going national, but also a huge and awesome SEO agency. Some of the people on this panel, I'm sure, uh, are using him or, or us or one of the other SEOs, but another welcoming hand to my motherfucking friend, Seth. Ah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I didn't give Steve Hardy any justice, but I've always wanted to do it. So there we go.
1: That was a little different than your uh, introduction at UPenn, huh? When you uh, got your certificate. <laughs> yeah,
0: was it,
2: was it? We, we, we actually had Joe, um, Joe Biden as our, uh, as, as our uh, commencement speaker for the college. His Is that Bo right? His son, Bo was a classmate. So yeah. wow. <clears throat> I, got, I got Alex and uh, and, and Joe is by uh,
0: <laughs> put that on put, you gotta put that on your radar. That's Great. it, man. All right, folks. So today we have uh, Jason and Seth, and we're gonna be opening it up to some questions. But first of all, I kind of wanna go into how we met how everybody get in the industry. Jason and Seth both have an amazing story. So I'm gonna let it go to Jason. And and Jason, tell the audience on how you got started, where you were when SEO started for you and why it happened and let's go from there.
1: I'll keep it kind of short. Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, in the game SEO particularly since 2001. Uh, I got started just at a need for myself. I was going to college, uh, contemplating going to law school, uh, studying for the LSAT. Shadowing a district attorney for about thirty days, and I had a DJ company, I would DJ weddings and stuff while I was going to college, and uh, and so I, I built a website called Vegas Wedding Mall, and uh, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing to promote this site uh, to get myself leads for the wedding industry for people that had destination weddings. So I found a guy named Aaron Wall. I, he had a book called the uh, SEO Book. I read it from front to back. It's a thick book. I still have it. Um, you know, I read it front to back twice started practicing some of the techniques um and you know eight years later i built a business i ended up selling that business i got introduced uh to speak at a conference in atlanta georgia uh, a guy by the name of bubba head um uh, a mutual friend uh, Braden pollock had put that on and uh seth was in the audience back then that's when i kind of tapped into this whole legal space i gave a presentation of how To a group of lawyers about how I was able to rank on Google for the word wedding favors and I gave away all my secrets and stuff and um, And now fast forward another whatever 13 years or so and I'm still in the game and doing this and Alex you and I have known each other For over a decade now we met at a conference. I think it was a PILMA conference Um, at the time at Everspark We couldn't work together because we had our own content team and stuff after I sold my uh, business, Everspark, I, I t- packed up, headed out west to California uh, so my son could be an actor. You pinged me. I was playing tennis four days a week, living the good life, and uh, now I don't play tennis anymore, thanks to you. And uh, here we are. So that's my story.
0: So here we are. How many employees later?
1: Uh, we're about a we're about 100 and uh, over 100
0: now, let's just say. Yeah. 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 yeah, somebody said, Walter, uh, hopefully you can hear me now. Hopefully that's better, but someone said they couldn't hear me. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome story, man. Love Always love hearing that story. Seth, what about you? Well,
2: you, you know, I was a story. lawyer, went, went to law school, and in the late 90s left big law to make my millions in the first dot-com bubble. So I went to New York and, uh, you know, was helped to launch founding employee something called uslaw.com. Which was a precursor to fine law and Avo and LegalZoom, and we had you know we had all those features, but ahead of its time. We had raised ten million. There was thirty million on the table. The bubble burst in April of two thousand. So by January of two thousand and one, everything's gone. So um, my longtime buddy, I went to college and law school with this guy, Dave Benowitz. He really wanted to practice law, and I had the entrepreneurial bug. And so we decided to divide and conquer, where he would. Uh, be the, like run everything like chief legal officer, and I would be the chief marketing and operations person. That was pretty, you know, tall goals sitting in his basement, uh, <clears> just <throat> the two of us chatting. So, uh, you know, built a website, it did well. Hired another lawyer, built another website. And uh, along along the way, I uh, met Mr. Hennessy. I was in an audience of maybe nine people in Bubba Head's house. Yeah. It was like I was zoom. you know, we were doing well with SEO, but it was, we were doing well sort of because there weren't a lot of other people fighting that fight, but as you wanted to move into more competitive markets and move from criminal to PI and things like that, uh, worked with Jason uh, early on, may have even been the first paying customer. You were, uh, I think, it's uh, funny, you know, yeah. I yeah. uh, <laughs> worked with Jason and you know, geeked out so much on this that eventually took my in-house department from the law firm and and spun that into what is today, Blue Shark Digital, and uh, it's been a fun ride. And, you know, one of the things people said to me before I I started was, how are you going to differentiate yourself from all the snake oil that's out there? Because Lord knows there's plenty of it in our space. And one of the things I've loved about working alongside you two guys is like, you know, whether it's the love of content the love of links you know the idea that it's you know there's it's execution of what we're talking about today we could talk about this forever you're going to you talk about both you guys always mm-hmm. talk about a lot of the stuff that's sort of the secret sauce so to speak but it doesn't matter it's like how do you take that and execute it so it's what I've always respected about you guys is that if you put you know when you speak to somebody and we've been at conferences and somebody has you know 110 clients and ten employees, you know how much effort is being put into each client. Sure, and the fact that you know people are scaling and putting butts in seats to actually execute on what needs to be done. Uh, it's why I like hanging out with you guys so much. It's awesome. likewise. <laughs> likewise. Yep, likewise. Um,
0: so, a little info about me, if everyone on the panel doesn't know me, I'm Alex Valencia. I'm a co-founder and owner of we Do Web Content with my wife, Yvette, who's got all the brains and looks and started this after I got laid off from the financial industry in the early 2000s and you know this business turned into something as a passion project just something to get through and and here we are today I started with just content um, content alone for years Worked. I think we all started right around the same time where we were just writing tons of content for law firms across the country and and blown it up for them, and then you know, 2009, 2011, around that time, 2011, 2012, the content became really saturated online, and uh, you know, we really need, really needed to partner with an, an SEO firm to really give the clients the results that that they needed. You know, content was still performing, and we were partnering with other firms, um, but to get to the next level, you know, it's either going to be somebody like Seth or Jason that we were going to partner with, and and really go a hundred percent and maybe even a thousand percent now to to the growth we have where you know jason posted a case study yesterday where we're we're writing what is it four hundred thousand words a month for one four hundred thousand words of content per month and that's it's... one client that's one client out of what like 60 that we might have um <clears> others <throat> you know others are getting a hundred thousand so we've had some growth but we've seen the benefit of of content and obviously all the back-end technical seo and, and work that Jason's team that he's built, because obviously he couldn't have done it alone, um, but it all comes at, from that little brain of his up there. Um, A little, very little. <laughs> <Yes>. And uh, <laughs> You know, Seth Price, you, dude, the company you've built um, with, with, with your staff and um, all the speaking engagements, it, it's just impressive. So I'm happy to be here with you guys. Um, that's our intro. I'm going to hop into some questions, unless you guys got some questions up front.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is this is really it. You know, there's you know, we're all. It's interesting because like Seth is one of the few people that I would probably trust with my SEO. You know, he became such a student, and he knows. You know, there's 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 maybe like I could count on like one hand five people that I would trust with my SEO in the industry.
0: You know, and so it's it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, for sure. All right, so. Seth, did you want to jump on some questions? No, I,
2: mean, some I have some. I, my, my questions are more granular, so I'll, I'll jump in after you. After you, I don't want to geek out too much too early. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I, I got one. Why don't
2: we start the, with this, Alex? Um,
1: so, you know, Seth and I were doing this back in, let's just call it 2008, right? Um, and now we're doing it still. I think I've got it more gray hair. Don't let the light fool you than Seth does. Um, but but uh, That's why I have the, the hat <laughs> right here. <laughs> but here we are still at it right in 2020 and Google has really made our life a living nightmare over those past, whatever, 12, 13, 14 years. Um, you know, so what's your thoughts on kind of what radically changed from 2008 to now? Like, you know, with, with, with in terms of whether content or full strategy, what's your thoughts? And, and you're, you're talking about with respect to organic, like ranking products. organic ranking on organic, like what was the big change? Like what, what, were some of the things that we used to do that work that no longer worked, like, you know.
2: Look, the, the things that are most evident when I first met you was, you know, exact match, anchor text, spam, in volume, move the needle. Yeah. And it, to a certain extent, it still does, but they, they clearly made it, if you abuse it, they're gonna slap you down, and there was a whole period where that went, where that sort of became persona non grata. I think that what we've seen since has been Google looking to determine you know, what, is, what is an authoritative answer to a question. And that if you look through the, the, that prism and whether it's content, whether it's links, whether it's your coding, and we can talk about local separately, that Google, each thing they're doing besides trying to make money for themselves, you know, with local service ads and everything else pushing the organic down, but everything they're doing is trying to decipher who's the kid in their basement practicing law and what's the legitimate firm that's going to give you a real opportunity to get a great legal answer to your case or great representation. So that I think what's happened is each, you know, the ability to game the system has gone down sure. and then instead you're basically and you, you you did this back in the you 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 were one of the first people to do this. It was we are almost like digital PR agencies trying to say to Google, hey, this is the this is the guy you should put on TV, mm-hmm. and that if you continue to put great content out and great links out, that's the one-two punch that moves the needle, and that it's just gotten the games that can be played have been suppressed, and while there still are some, the majority of the hard work is blocking and tackling, which is why you have. You know over 100 employees because in order to move the needle you can't just have a team in in Singapore or or in the Philippines, you know spamming like crazy. Mm -hmm. It takes technical blocking and tackling to get that work done.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree, you know, and we went through those some of those war stories where all of the links that we built we had to disavow just to kind of get back on the good graces of Google. You know, one of the things that I've seen, so like if I, if we even go back further, like to 2001 when I first get started, when I told you I was reading that book and I'm like, oh, I implement this and wow, look at this. You know, like back then I was just going in and like spamming the meta keyword tags and it was working, right? You right. know what I mean? The, 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 the title tag, little, you change the title tag and you could get traffic. Yeah, it was like, but there was not a lot of competition. Like, I was one of maybe like, I don't know, 200 people in one vertical that were kind of doing these little techniques, right? Nobody was really being super competitive. Um, You know, so that's, you know, and then Google came along the way. Then it wasn't a matter of, I'm just talking like on page. I ignored technical SEO for many years. Like, I paid no attention to technical SEO. All I was doing was the link building, aggressive link building. Um, But then the other aspect of it was, the way in which you write your content back then you were really like optimizing your content for the bot first.
2: And oh, then, absolutely. I, Like I was guilty of this more than anybody, you know, when right? we started, I mean, you saw the site, remember a, a criminal lawyer in Washington, D.C. if a criminal defense case is needed, a criminal lawyer is who you should call. And it's in bolded Washington, in the D.C.
1: first sentence and it's yeah, bolded it, in the third paragraph. I, I, and, right. Was, yeah.
2: The, dens- the density was density was like 80%. And I was yeah. get yelled at by my law partners. Like this is nonsense. I'm like, it's working now to Google's credit. They, they they don't want that. It's not a good user experience. And they've mm-hmm. sort of forced people, you know, and Alex's team is as good as anybody at this. At You write real content. You want to make sure your term is there once in yes. a paragraph. But it's mm-hmm. like, keep it natural. Google's smart enough to know what is going on. You don't want to, like, ignore it. But uh-huh. at the same time, if you go too heavy, it, it you know, counts against you.
1: Yeah. And then so then I fast forward now. So it's like complete opposite, right? You know, like, with RankBrain and everything else that they've done, they've got a lot smarter. They have a lot more resources. You know, now it's really, truly, it's about some of the indirect signals that they're looking at, right? You know, like, you know, who, you know, who is satisfying the intent of that particular right. query, right? Who, like, somebody has a problem, well, somebody has a solution. Somebody has a question. Somebody has an answer, right? Yes, the authority is giving you a shot at even being on the first page, right, with links and stuff but now it's really a matter of like hey somebody click does a google search they click on the first result they're there for 7 seconds they click back well guess what that person if enough people are only on that first result for 7 seconds that's going to be position 9 in a couple days you know what i mean like but you know that you know and that's why i'm a true believer that video is keeping people on the page a little bit longer so if you can create a video and keep it up high above the fold that's going to keep people on the page a little bit. But anyway, it's more about like a lot of those indirect user experiences now that is really kind of keeping people in the top three positions.
2: Well, I'm going I'm to throw one to Alex. Uh, and Jason, feel free to uh, chime in because this is a debate we, we have internally. You know, mm-hmm. assuming finite resources, right? You know, and everything you could, you could you, the answer could be both. Mm-hmm. But when you, if you have X number uh, of words for a client, are you, for a money landing page, do you like the 20, you know, 2,000, 2,500 mega page, you know, 50, whatever it is, versus saying here's one solid 500 word page and then four supporting pages back up? And I, I get that it's both, but where, where do you, how do you sort of allocate time between mega pages versus a library of information to support that page?
0: That's an awesome question. So, like you said, I would say both. Um, we've been going more towards a lot of, we, we call them skyscraper pages. Uh, Hennessy's team does a great job with, you know, itemizing the content strategy for a client, depending on, you know, audits. So it depends on where they are when they come in, right? If we take somebody on initially and they already have content that's not far from ranking, then we'll supplement and use, we, we've actually built a proprietary system that, uh, you know, pulls all the information from Google on the top five, 10 landing pages, and it helps us not only human optimize the page, but technically optimize the page. So we'll know where to take it and and get it to rank from there. So that actually gives us the guide on what the best um, word count for that would be. And in addition, we still do the 350 to 500 to 800 word supporting pages with the internal linking and and jason will jump in on the internal linking because this has been huge within the last two years for us is is building content for the internal linking purpose of the site um but again to the answer the question is we do both i think the long form and the short form with supporting is, is great strategy but so many people are going long form now that um you'll you'll be ranking one day and then two months later somebody's ranking a little above you because they built a better page. So you just gotta always be on top of it.
2: And Jason, I'm gonna throw sort of a, fu- sort of a tweak on that, which is, mm-hmm. you, know, you see the studies nationally that talk about, hey, of the people who rank for this type of term, the majority have these, these you know, skyscraper pages or, or mega pages. Um, how much of that is the fact that those are people that are doing a thousand other things good? Do you think the length of that page is definitive or is that just part of an overall strategy?
1: It depends on the competition of the particular query. Right. So right for an FAQ, you could rank without a whole lot of authority. Right. But when you're trying to rank for, you know, Washington DC personal injury lawyer. Right. That's a whole different story. Right. Um, You know, and so in, in my opinion, it it kind of really, uh, it depends on on the particular query and, um, you know, and, and it's Longer other long gone are the days where you just write a page of content and that page of content is just going to always rank on the first page of Google, right? Because Or even the top three positions of Google because once you get there right now you if you expose what works to the people below you, right? And so the people below you are just kind of like, oh, well, let's just look at the top three. We do this, right? if. You know, whenever there's a shakeup in the Google algorithm, there's winners and there's losers. And if I used to be a winner and now I'm a loser, well, guess what? I'm reverse engineering the strategies of the new winners, right? And I'm seeing, oh, wow, interesting. They have a video on the page. Oh, interesting. Look at their internal links. Oh, interesting. They have, you know, seven thousand page skyscraper when we have a twelve hundred word order. You know what I mean? So like, um, so it really all depends on the on the particular query and the question, and just reverse engineering of the top three results. <clears throat>
2: And it changes, right? And look, and right, and as we saw, like, you know, there was a day uh, a couple of weeks, months back where Google made a mistake and everything got scrambled. You you're texted like, me, you're like,
1: are you seeing this? And you right. like, literally. And I'm literally, like, yeah, I'm working at Home
2: Depot now, man. Like, <laughs>
0: literally, I'm, like,
2: I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out. I saw guys who had literally not touched a website in five years were like top of the research ranks. Jason's like, I got some guy in your market who has nothing and he's showing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so, man. But when that said, um, something that we are seeing. I'm curious to see your, your thoughts on this. Is that you know, and whether you see it for good or for evil, depending on how you perceive Google's intentions. The and you, you we both have people in different markets for our both my firm and our respective agencies that have been sort of perennial three pack people, for lack of a better term, and that what I am what I have seen uh, has been that. Although organically, I guess there's been less of this, but definitely when the local, that we are we are seeing the desire of Google not to show a perennial number one. You know there are guys nationally, big mega players TV that have done crazy things with their SEO, and that it's almost like they're trying to be egalitarian to give you know four, five, and six a shot, Um, and that that seems to be a trend that we're seeing over the last few months. Where they're not really wanting to see, like it's not like if you did your work and you built. We talked about this over the years, Jason. Building a moat where nobody mm-hmm. could get to you. That mm-hmm. the moats are less effective today. Not that you're going to stop doing it. You know, great. There's so much traffic during COVID that if you're if you're there, 50 percent of the time you're fine. But the ability to own and, and be number one, you know, forever seems to to be something that is not much harder to attain of late.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, I mean, like I've, I've had certain clients where I was number one for three years for certain terms, you know, exactly. and then you see a shake up and then all of a sudden you're down to position number five and you're like, what the heck, nothing changed. It's like, if anything, I should be stronger. Right. You know, um, because the strategy certainly has not changed, but there are different variables that Google is, uh, you know, is, is looking at, you know, and so you know, one one of the things is, um, you know, when you mention like these big guys that are on TV and how, and a lot of times they're, you know, they're always on the first page of Google. If they're if they're doing it, I've seen people on TV that just
2: completely well, right? playing you know? the SEO game for a second. Yeah,
1: the people that are actually playing the SEO game. Well, you know, if you think about that, right? If somebody if somebody does a lot of TV advertising in a particular market, what happens is is they get higher click through ratio, exactly, right? right? And so. You know, because people when they're doing a Google search for, you know, Dallas car accident lawyer and they see, you know, my Dallas car accident lawyer did blah, 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 and then they see a brand that they recognize from billboards and TV, right? Be, so and have be a higher,
2: right. Yeah, they right they can have
1: a higher higher click-through ratio. And so that higher click-through ratio is a signal that Google's look it's debatable, but in my opinion, it's a signal that Google's no, looking I mean, at. I'm
2: sure I'm sure it is. Plus, right? they have you know? plus they have the direct traffic because people aren't like calling anymore. They're sitting on their phone and Googling it. And they're and googling so the, the brand rate. too, and that's another Grant, right. signal. So yeah. all that traffic, so just yeah. like social signals coming through or traffic coming through, we all you know love traffic. I, you know, for us, like in Virginia, we can't make money off of um, um, you know issues with babies. Sure. Um, Right. There's a there's a there's a fund, so that it's not a it's not a monetizable thing. But I don't mind it because we crush it, and there's traffic. So I try to make sure that like there's sometimes that you want traffic to your site, and I feel like those TV players that bump. And what for people like yourself and myself and and Jason, when you're doing stuff right, more often than not, like ninety five percent of the time, when there's an algorithm change, it only helps you and your clients when the dust settles. I agree. The right. only thing because that we're not
1: taking shortcuts. The algorithm yeah. is, yeah, it, it really affects the people that have leveraged those secrets that right. expose Google. Right. And so right. if, you know, if, as long as you're not operating now, don't get me wrong. I have testing websites that I do try to do those secrets yeah. just to kind of see yeah, what they do. Right. You know, and, and heck, you know, sometimes it doesn't hurt, you know, if you have a throwaway site that you can test out, right? Who cares, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, what we live for that's so.
2: what well, we're up to exactly. The morning. But I was going to say, but two things. The one thing that I have noticed has been that with those changes, the only thing that has tweaked out of the best practices we're talking about, which is out of our control, is that I have seen a disproportionate bump for some TV advertisers in these recent algorithm updates because mm-hmm. of the brand value and really that sort of traffic coming in. Yeah. But I'll I'll throw you a an SEO geek question, which is, you know, back in the day, we, uh, you know, it was all about anchor text there was no percentage of anchor text it was like 80 90 percent you know philly dui lawyer or denver personal injury lawyer we just it would that was the text of the link coming back to your site Mm -hmm. um something that i i have struggled with want to get your thoughts you know when you do it cleanly it works but i am now seeing that people that are filtering in some percentage of spammy anchor text. It's like anything, history is written by the victor who are not getting dinged that that Google is still using it as a search signal. It's too dangerous to go overboard with it. What's your feeling as far as balance of exact match and what they call dirty? So anchor text, that might be the name of the firm, Philadelphia injury lawyer, whatever that is. What's your feeling of balancing between hyper clean versus anchor text to sort of help just push yourself in a competitive market?
0: Yeah, so you don't well, want to... Before you, you answer, why don't you... Uh, a lot of the people may not know what Anchor Text is, so just real quick, basically, just go over Yeah, that. so Anchor Text
1: is... Anchor Text is, uh, like, if you look at Wikipedia, there's a lot of, like, text, and then there's a lot of blue uh, links, right? And so whatever... You know, if you look at... Wikipedia that's a perfect example of using exact match anchor text, right, but it's internal anchor text Which you don't really like lose a whole lot of credit with internal You can actually mess up a website if you link to the wrong page using exact match anchor text, right? Because it miscannibalizes the page, but um, when you're getting links from a outside sites, right, and some of these links are um, you know, are, they look like paid guest blog post and, you know, what might be deemed a domain authority 17 link that has an exact match anchor text, right? And an exact match anchor text is, to, to Seth's credit, is, is, is when somebody actually uses Denver personal injury lawyer as the blue underline link linking back into the page, right? So that's the exact match anchor text. And so his question is, you know, he's still seeing sites that are actually getting rewarded from this, whereas Pre Penguin days, like you know, that was like a thing. Is like a no, no, stop doing it. You don't want to kind of like kill your website because you can over-optimize the exact match anchor text, you know. And so my thought process is it really comes down to your link profile, right? And so how much, uh, you know, how much branded anchor text do you have where you can actually start to make some of those t- slight tweaks? Because if if you're ranking in position three for Denver personal injury lawyer and you want to move to position one. Well, I don't think it would hurt if you diversify some links coming in, saying Denver personal injury law firm, Denver personal injury lawyer, Denver personal injury, personal injury lawyer, right? But if you know, there is a threshold that once you meet that threshold, you you're not moving from position three to position two. You're moving from position three to page five with a negative fifty penalty, right? You right. know, so and, that, and yeah. that's
2: like where where is that line? And I feel a lot of what we're struggling with now it's it's like a continuum. Um, remember, if you go back, I don't know, a number of years, I'm probably gonna get this wrong, let's like say six years ago, mm-hmm. um, guest blogs were all the rage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and basically, everybody was in the SEO space was doing it. That's the widget that was being sold when people were selling SEO from spammy companies. And, you know, basically, they sort of tried to penalize it. But Cuts came on one of his video podcasts, or whatever they called it in those days. And he was like, no, it's not that a guest blog is bad it's a spammy guest blog is bad sure right mm-hmm. so it's like most of the stuff you know whether it was directory submission you know commenting on a blog you mm-hmm. know any of the stuff that we do if done real going back to the beginning of our conversation where it's done authoritatively if you have a client mm-hmm. who's a badass lawyer who's like you know aaj leadership and they go and they make a comment on a blog in a thoughtful way with a link back to them or reddit right anything, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, god yeah. bless if it's a thoughtful Comment yeah. back. The problem is that it gets to do in volume, that mm-hmm. you know, and that we're we're seeing sort of. I think I believe you know we're seeing a resurgence of this because just next to uh, LinkedIn messages wanting fifteen minutes of my time for a consultation about something, um, the next most popular email are you know guest blogs. Sure. As that thing starts to spike and it's like, oh, I can move stuff in a cost effective way. You could tell that at some point there'll be that Google's going to be like there'll be an article in The New York Times about the market for guest blogs and it'll get slapped down again. And you're just it feels like, you know, you're good until you push beyond reasonable. And the question is, where is reasonable? yeah and, and you know there will
1: always be uh you know um uncertainty there right? i don't think we'll all have the exact answer but i think just based on experience we know kind of the threshold that we're not willing to kind of exceed <laughs> um but one of the things that you raise a point because there's a lot of people on on this call or webinar that's listening that you know get those same emails that you and i do about hey you know yeah. i'll get you yes blog posts and you know and then somebody you know your agency right or my agency you know like we're not we're certainly not building a thousand links a month to a some client's websites, right? You know what I mean? And so some people think that the more links the better, right? And so right, it, right? you know no no, so no, like- no 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 no
2: I, I laugh because we literally had this conversation five, six years ago mm-hmm. where it was where there was a point where the more was the better. Yeah. Like right. And then, then mm-hmm. it became when we started to get clued in on the exponential value of new <clears throat> sites that it, it changed the game that you would fight for two or three good links was infinitely better than even two thousand from crappy sites potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll
1: take I'll take like a entrepreneur link for fifteen hundred Alex, <laughs> way over um, you know, a thousand like uh, spammy guest blog posts from a PBN network or whatever. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> awesome guy. So we have a question from Gary. Um, Gary asks is it better to build a website like drugwatch.com to generate legal leads? Or build multiple micro sites to generate leads. Which one, in your opinion, is a better way? I think we wow. both have the same answer to this one. Or what yeah, are the yeah that you take it. Processes.
2: Well, I mean, look, like, it, it, like <laughs> most things, we're going to say it depends, but it depends on what your resources are. I'm sure Jason and I both get people that come to us quarterly, maybe every six months. I want to, I want to, you know, rank nationally for you know mass tort terms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, drug watch is no joke. They put a lot of resources in for a lot of time. uh, And and that, you know, that is a huge threshold that most people, 99.9% of people are going to run out of resources before they get to the point of realistically competing with a drug watch. So Mm -hmm. the question is, if you were, if you had private equity money behind you and a team, and you were going to go and hire Jason and Alex, myself, and you said, Hey, we're funded and we're going to do this. Sure. Sure. But for most people, that's not realistic. And that those micro sites um, allow, you know, could allow you to potentially compete for something against somebody who's ranking for everything. It's a bit I think that the question that, that I find more interesting, which is a slight nuance of this, and I'll let Alex go, I mean, uh let Jason go back and answer the actual question, is for most people, microsite versus authoritative branded site. And from an SEO point of view, and this is something that I know Jason and Alex would agree with, that the the, the macro site, if you have a firm site, adding a mass tort or new practice group to that site is a lot easier than starting from scratch with something with no authority coming out of the sandbox. That said, the flip side is that the conversion may not be as good. If you have a site that's, that's only about something, you know Google likes that. The URL is, is in line. The, the pages are all about it. So I think it depends, but the odds of somebody having the resources to do drug watch are limited in my experience, Jason. Yeah,
1: you nailed it, man. It's the same thing, you know, like I'm I'm always in favor of just building one authoritative website, um, assuming that it's all kind of within, you know, the same vertical, like it's like, you know, if Seth, if you decided to open like part-time plumbing business on the weekends, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say go put it on Price Benowitz, you know what I mean, <laughs> like build a silo there, right, you know? But it's all. John Morgan tells us we're really plumbers, so you know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, um, you know. So yeah, it's all about building you know an authoritative website. But if you're if you're like to Seth's point, if you're going to get into the game of um, you know Drug Watch or you know any of those type of mass torts and stuff, you're fighting a big battle, right? And you need a big army to fight that battle. And you know the thing that they have. Could you compete, you know, you know what do they say like you know the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago or today? That's today's the second best time, right? Um, you know that's really it. You have to get started, right? You know we have one client that I won't mention um, the name of the website, but it's a, in a very competitive space. It's an exact match domain, right? You know, the guy's had it for many years. You know he came to me and said you know i, I want to compete in the space i'm like oh that's great you've got this exact match domain it's really awesome if he didn't have the exact match domain um i might not have taken this client on right if he just had some eight dollar GoDaddy domain right because that there is a difference in that too um and so uh, i managed his expectations you know i'm like all right we're going to need a budget of thirty thousand dollars per month and we're competing with sites that have been in the game for like, you know, four or five years and I'm showing him the link authority of these different websites and I'm showing how much content that they have on these websites. I'm like, you know, so it's gonna be about $30,000 a month and you're not gonna get your first lead probably till about month 14. And he went forward, you know, and, and, uh, and we've been at it, you know, and now here we are month 15 and it's now popping on the first page of Google for that exact match term. And it's starting to generate like very let's just call it high-ticket legal leads, right? But he made that investment and uh, and and it worked out. But you have to manage the expectations of it and come up with a realistic budget.
2: You know, that's a great pivot. I wanna to go to both you guys with this, because this is you know the bane of our existence. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you just talked about. Um, you know, is, is, is from an agency point of view, like, you know, I, I see it from both sides the the law firm and, and the agency. But to me, the hardest thing as an agency is to set those expectations a because we don't control everything
0: mm-hmm. it's Google
2: and B because even if we do set the expectations they are always heard, I just want to get your thoughts on best practices of setting expectations and what you do. Cause it's one thing to set it day one, everybody's happy, but month six on a project like that. And you start getting the phone calls. You know, we get phone calls very often the week after we launch a site saying, hey, how come my phone's not ringing? Mm-hmm. And I just want to just get your thoughts on, uh, on best practices there. Yeah, you
1: have to like, you know, like um, <clears throat> the only way you can set expectations and the benefit that you and I have, Seth and Alex has, is that, you know, we have case studies to back up what, you know, what we're stating right? You know, we're not just, this is not our first rodeo and it's not, we're going to be guessing. Like we have case studies that we've done, like similar strategies in different markets and with similar budgets and similar starting points. And so if you're looking at this new client that has an $8,500 budget and he's in a Town of like twenty five thousand people or fifty thousand, you know what I mean? Like we know, like what is it going to take? It's okay. Well, it's not going to take as long as like trying to compete in L.A. with eight thousand. So we we can manage the expectations from that perspective. That's all we can really do. At the end of the day, if we think about this, like the analogy that I like to use is, you know, Seth, if your wife goes outside one morning and she sees that the the grass is is brown, right? She's going to come back in and probably yell at you right and say what the heck Seth you got one responsibility she doesn't oh, care God, that you man. own like blue shark and then price benefits and I, I grew up in New York so I haven't touched a blade
0: of grass. <laughs> I yeah you
1: know um, but you know the grass is you know brown <laughs> it needs to be green right and so you know at the end of the day right there's 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 really three inputs that you can control to get the grass to turn green. There's probably more, but in this reference, right? So you could water the grass, you can mow the grass, or you can fertilize the grass, right? And if you do that enough, given the uncertainty of the sun coming out, like if the sun does never come out again, well, you don't have a shot in hell of getting that grass green. So that's the uncertainty that you can't control. But the outcome- It may not rain. That's right, Yeah. Yeah, but the outcome is very likely. Well, the outcome is very likely that if you do that over if and over again, it will work. Correct, it will turn great, right? And so, yes. in the, in the terms of of Google and what we do, and I tell my clients this, it's the same thing. I use this analogy because it's the same thing, right? You know, like our goal, like the client's mission, is to get more leads and cases, right? And And I get it, like that's their output, but the only output that we can control is to drive targeted traffic, which will hopefully turn into more leads and cases. In order to get that targeted traffic, there's three variables that we can control, right? There's more obviously, but in this terms of, and the three variables that we control is keeping the technical SEO of the website like sound, right? Making sure that we're checking search console and there's no issues. Writing content on a regular basis that's targeting the links and then building the popularity of the website through link building right and so Those are the three variables that we can control that we know history has showed that if we do that eventually our grass will turn green with more traffic Assuming that the unknown variable the sunlight in our case is Google You know, so that's
2: kind of how I like to explain it. Mm -hmm. That's a a, a great way to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it sort of, it dovetails into sort of a different analogy, but similar type of situation, which is those fundamentals. I agree. That's what I tell people. Like, you know, our experiences, this is going to be four, five, six months. Let's assume five's the over under, you know, if we do these things, we'll have our green grass. But one of the things that you alluded to before is you have your fun stuff you do at night, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, you build your sites that stuff you wouldn't you're testing and you wouldn't actually test on somebody's firm site that' a 15year URL mm-hmm. so this is the analogy that I I, I often struggle with and would love your, your your inputs on it so if you've ever have either of you guys ever renovated a house or an apartment for a rental where you take something mm-hmm. and most likely when you start out you may if it's a gut renovation you know you have some guy comes in and frames it and inevitably that person breaks stops returning your calls and leaves and you get a new guy to come in now the new guy doesn't come in and say, "Oh, this is this is great. I'm going to use this." Um, that, that's the first piece. So the first is like getting those fundamentals. But once you're completing that that renovation, um, there are things that you do. If this is for yourself and you're going to own the rental, and you go and you don't pull a permit for something, if 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 it breaks, you're going to fix it, mm-hmm. right? But if you're selling something, and you're you're it's not going to be in your control anymore. And you you don't pull a permit and something happens you may end up getting sued you could get sued if a renter has something bad happen to them but what goes on behind the walls mm-hmm. you know you can take shortcuts that will make you more money short term but mm-hmm. are, and so one of the things in SEO that's really hard is that when we're comp- as agencies when we're competing against guys who are cold calling who are have two employees for a hundred clients that they are doing things behind those walls of that renovation that. You know, work and will get the place renovated faster, and might get you in position faster. But it's going to cause a lot of pain later. And I just you're going to have to re, you're going to have to break down the walls and rewire the place again at some exactly, point, right? Yeah, yeah, comes in, and I feel it's like that's what deal with on a daily basis because it's that balance between aggressiveness. And moving the needle, but understanding that you almost, you know, there's a, you know, making sure that you're not violating the permitting process, because if you go too far, while you may get that short term gain, it's going to come back to bite you later.
1: Yeah, a good example of that, you know, because like you, you know, like a lot of times, you know, when we're working with a client, somebody will like hop on a call and pitch them and, you know. It, you know, you, you need to be smart. You need to see what else is out there. So you should be hearing these pitches occasionally, right? Because maybe there's like something that they're sharing that you might not know, or this is how people get out of contracts with those type of practitioners that you're talking about is because of that. Um, but one, one example was uh, somebody, um, you know, got access to one of our clients, you know, a- analytics, you know, they gave them access. They're kind of getting vetted, you know, and one of the things that this person said was, I'm concerned, man, like, you know, it, it's really good. You're, you know, it seems like the SEO is working, but man, your bounce rate is really high, you know? Um, yeah.
0: Right, it's you, like, you that, you whoa. A you, attorney you know, bounce rate, yeah. Yeah,
1: your bounce rate is really high, you know? And, so, and then this kind of like, tipped off the attorney, you know, I need to get on a call with you, what the heck? You know, like, I did, why is our bounce rate 70%, man? Like, you know what I mean, like, you no know one. what, you know? And so like, I get on the call, I'm like, I could fix this, man i'm like you know like first of all let me explain how bounce rate for that, works. That, that's 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 the most important piece right right so so let me explain how bounce rate works right so in google you know when somebody does a google search for you know dc personal injury lawyer and they find price Benowitz right and they read the content and they watch their awesome videos and they look at their reviews and everything else they're going to call them Right, because they landed on that page. They might not click through to the About Us page or the contact page because Seth does a good job. Seth does a good job of putting the phone number right at the top and they click on it, right? And so now they're on the page with Seth's intake department for 15 minutes and that becomes a case, right? To Google, if you go back later, that shows as a bounce, right? It shows as a bounce because they didn't go through to another page on the website, right? Yep. And so if you're doing a good job from a legal perspective, you don't want people going to other websites. You're you're getting into the entrance points and you're getting them to take action, right? And so I told this attorney, I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I, I could fix this. I, it's a really quick fix. This is what I'm gonna do, right? Um, I wanna remove the phone number from the top, right? And so if, to get them to call you, we're going to make them click on your contact us page where they can get your phone number and then we'll basically get this bounce rate down to like 30 percent. are you cool with that absolutely not okay and then paste- right,
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: you know so that's that was my uh answer to that
2: one well no and that, look that's a great example because you know google doesn't give us all the data over the years right. you know when we started they got a lot more we get a lot less you want data you pay you don't even get that much for paying anymore so Mm. the 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 idea that there is google knows the difference between a two second or a one second bounce rate or bots coming in or whatever it is where there's a problem and they also know what's nonsense right if there are bots coming through that that are they're raising it who cares and Mm. if there's uh and if it's you know but if it's legitimate traffic they know the difference between a two second bounce and a four minute bounce and, and they've talked about that publicly for years That that there. And the, the worst part is we can't see it. Our clients can't see it. But I think that's why you don't check common sense at the door. You know, when you're looking at like search traffic for a given term, mm-hmm. they, you get such bad information from Google that, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you know that there's money out there with people who would be interested in those words, even though it may be a nominal amount per month, those micro numbers, I just, I just ignore them and pretty much, You have there's a certain amount you have to go with. This is our money keyword. And if people are not searching it, so be it. But I'm going to build the pages to get there. Assuming that if somebody is searching that I want that traffic.
1: And one thing is that, you know, I wouldn't say this, right, you know, if I had an e-commerce website and my bounce rate was high, I'd be very concerned about that, right, because people are getting to a product page and they're not getting to the checkout, right? right? So, like, in that example, like, I take bounce rate very seriously, right? That's a whole different example. But in law with, you know, our direct response stuff, yeah, don't pay attention to that.
0: All right, we got a few questions that came in. Um, All right, so first one. You can both answer, Mr. President, you only have 30 seconds. <laughs> Someone just said Seth uh, looks like a sports announcer. He totally does. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> so, What are the best free and paid for forms that articles can be posted to? Best free, I would say LinkedIn Pulse is a great one. Any of the... Uh,
1: yeah medium medium medium. Medium medium.com is good you know if here's the thing man if if you uh you know passed the bar and got into law school and have tried some big cases or whatever you know you have um some notoriety in your space leverage that notoriety you know and and you know become a contributor on you know some of the legal sites become a contributor on you know i know alex you're part of the forbes uh council right you know what i mean like You know, that's not a free one, but it gives you kind of the um, uh, the bragging rights to then use that that to kind of. Yeah. Right. You know, so like there's it just takes effort like everything else. I'm
2: going to I'm going to ask one back at you, Jason, because there are there's no shortage of places to go Mm -hmm. or feeling because some of the better ones, you know, historically better ones or, you know, in the the medium term uh, went no follow. What's your what's your feeling uh, of uh, getting stuff posted to more authoritative places with no follow versus um, you know places that I, might be less with follow?
1: I pay absolutely no attention to follow versus no follow. That's just my personal. You you philosophy. want you want the Wikipedia link? Uh, here's the thing: I'm not I'm yeah. not going to pay somebody five hundred dollars for a guest blog post and a no follow link. Don't get me wrong.
2: You know. No, no, you know, no but for... no, but that, but that's that, that, that's the point because the really great places that charge not five hundred but three thousand.
1: Yeah. Are well. Exactly. So like, even if it's a Forbes agency council, that's a no follow, you know, well, there's trust signals, in my opinion, you also know, they like, agree. And
2: that's <clears throat> it's part of that mosaic in that, hey, look, if Google had its way, they would eliminate backlinks because it's the one thing that we can manipulate. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex needs to, you can't really fake, you know, domestic written content. That's right. Right. The the days of way back when with the overseas content gone, you know, gone for years. So, you know, to me, it's if you are looking at it, and they still work, right? Links work, anchor text work, all these things are still in there. But you got to think that everything that Google is doing is trying to find some alternative to links. And if the idea that, just like I mentioned before, that how like, you know, guest blogs were all the rage and then they got shot down, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know while you know some of these big business uh, publications that you could post these pages to like the question was uh, put post your uh, your articles to that the idea that they were getting spammed now that they put the nofollow it reduces the spam so the question is is Google like saying hey let's make sure that these mega authoritative places they put the no follow to make sure they're not spam, but they're still trust signals. They absolutely, are that algorithm. One hundred
1: percent. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and it's it's one of the things. Like, if you ever reverse engineer the uh, link strategies of likes of like the Morgan and Morgans of the world, right? You know, you know, we spend a lot of time looking at. You know, in fact, I think he got hacked, where somebody like did some malicious negative SEO on his website recently. So he went from like. 2,000 referring domains to like 10,000 referring domains in like the matter of like days like something happened, right? Uh, Which is a whole nother topic that we talk about because you should be monitoring that for that stuff, too Um, And so his link profile is strong enough that it probably isn't gonna impact him too much unless it gets really egregious Um, But when you look at his profile um, There is uh, you know at the top like you look at his links. It's like Wall Street Journal New York Times USA Today like all of that stuff and a lot of those are no follow right but that's okay <laughs> but but, right but it's yeah.
2: like, i mean but look the other thing and that's what i you can't tell but he's naturally cre- he, what we talked about here, yes, naturally yeah it's not fabricated he, he's a pr machine right. just mm-hmm. living and breathing that's right uh, and so <clears throat> you know you, you get that and again that that's what it comes down to for seo i mean you, again i remember years ago you, you reached out and started doing work with pr agencies way ahead of your time but i mm-hmm. feel like that when you look at each of these things it's like hey how can I signal Google that, I, that I'm the real deal and somebody else, is, you know, that I should be above somebody else? I and mean, that's what it comes down to. That's exactly what it comes Great.
0: down to. Next question Do you believe there are ways that content, both on site or off site, can improve your local maps position, Seth?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we focus a lot on local content, you know, that, that, you know, again, SEO is great, but we're now playing if, if the new normal is local service ads, paid, map, and then organic, you know, we, we have to t- pay that much more attention, not that we weren't already to, to the local and that local content is, is, is important. And, you know, we were talking before about super authoritative places to play, to, to get content and links back. We're playing the local game, you know, hardball. And, if you know, just like we might, you know, just like we want a CNN, you know, link, we're trying to, you know, sculpt links and content in the local community because we want to get every possible signal to Google that for a local search, given that uh, that that's what a client's goal is, that we're able to show through content, through links, through anything else that we can do that that is that local search result is the best to get that three pack placement.
1: Yeah, no, I agree completely with that. And, you know, just add. That, you know, whenever you do Google searches, even in the GMB, it's like, you know, this is ranking. It doesn't say this is ranking, but it says this page, you know, or this website references motorcycle accident. Right. And so it's in bold. So it's obviously like scanning the website for relevancy for particular queries uh, and, and popping into a GMB if there is a GMB for that query. So we know, and you know, and then there's things that you can do with schema and markup, and you know, to also kind of help Google kind of understand the semantics of and relevancy of a page from an on-page perspective. So yes, 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 definitely focus on that. And then from an off-page perspective, yeah, there's all kinds of tricks. You know, like, you know, posting, um, you know. Sp- sponsoring little league teams in your local community and getting local links back to the website, doing a press release that you can write and embedding Google My you know, embedding maps within the press release. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, there's still some like secrets if you will like that's probably something that most lawyers wouldn't just do is take a map embed and put it on a press release and you know because it's not common but you know some of those things like have been proven to kind of work and help
2: right and look it's and it's i think that for all of us i have my analogy is throwing spaghetti at the wall is Mm -hmm. is embedding those maps the, the the golden goose no and that's why i i the the sort of videos that you see online where, hey, you do this one thing, it's gonna solve all your problems. It's not, you have no, we have no idea. We are not sophisticated to no, know the Google algorithm, but I could tell you if you took 10 ideas, like embedding that map, like sponsoring, if you do, if you, you know, if you hit all of those different check boxes, you know, we don't know which which it's like marketing. We don't know which five are gonna work. Five are probably yeah. worthless. They're laughing at us. Like, why are you why are you wasting your time? I mean, we're being smart about it. You're not, you know, it's stuff that intuitively should work. We've seen potentially you've isolated it and done an experiment with one of your test sites, but mm-hmm. generally we're dealing with low domain authority sites. We just want the ecosystem to be. Hey, this guy is relevant in this area, so that when they're looking for a local answer, that that it makes sense for you to be associated with that location. And one thing, well, here,
1: when, when you you just mentioned something that I want to kind of talk about. So like, so like when you're when we go through and we're going like, because when we take on a client, the first thing that we do is we go through their links and we we create a disavow file because we want to associate with any of the bad links, you know, and you know if I didn't think about this in one way, like I would go through and I would just sort it by domain authority and I would just disavow anything that has like a domain authority of like 20 or less or 15 or less, right, you know? Um, but the thing about it is like, you know, when you go out and sponsor your daughter's softball team in like her little town, right? There's no way her softball team is gonna have a domain authority of seventy. you know what I mean? It's three. But- yeah but but that link is very valuable from a local perspective, well, right. Really, and so
2: it's, it's, it, I would say that the link itself is not, but it's if you can get a story being told yeah that's exactly yeah
1: so that's what i'm saying is like you know be careful with your disavows because you might just if you're just doing it holistically and just kind of following a formula of everything below this get rid of it, it could hurt you yeah
2: let me, let me ask them because you, you just said something that uh you know most of the stuff i was shaking my head in unison i'm just a little little confused so how much disavowing are you doing because we've gotten a lot of signals from google you know not to worry about it so again i guess it also depends if you have a client that has a couple bad links not the end of the world if you're inheriting. Somebody who has been spamming for years, it may be different. But I want to get your thoughts on wh- when and when and how to disavow. We do it within
1: the first thirty days that we get a client, and then we do it every three months. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. We and and we see impact from doing
2: it. So you you are finding that the, the 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 sculpting of the links from that. So mm-hmm. this is a great example. Google tells you a lot of things. Mm -hmm. and many times like it's crazy it sounds like you know almost like my my mother-in-law where you're sort of like it may or may not actually be what they want you to do Mm -hmm. but they're sort of or or it is what they want you to do up again that's (laughs) going to be good for you or not it's another story so this is you know great examples of where google has signaled Hey, we, you shouldn't do this, and then, but you know, if you do it, it'll actually help you. And we, you know, we've seen that again. I think they were saying don't do guest blog. I mean, that, he he came out and said it's okay to do it, but they're they're trying to change behaviors that if you ignored them, mm-hmm. you would actually do better than if you listened to them, which is kind of a crazy. No, uh, yeah. when to take the advice and when not to.
1: I've gotten a site that, you know, we have actually a mutual client and, you know, Alex and I that, you know, had, was getting hacked, uh, spammed, right? And so they were doing a lot of negative SEO and it had an impact. It really had a radical impact. Yeah. Like they were successful at it um, and it happened in a short period of time. And, um, and so we went in and we filed the disavow and we recovered from it. We didn't have
2: to do like a- it was, But, um, but you're, you're saying even if you get a site that's doing fine, you're still playing the disavow game. We are, yes. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, interesting because it's like there's so many different- uh, you know, We have seen people that have had massive spam attacks and that what if- it gets the good news is if they're so crazy- it used to be people would say, hey, I'm being attacked because we both know a bunch of people who are sort of very influential during the Google Plus days. They were always, oh, I'm being attacked and being attacked. And it was just them mm-hmm. sitting building the links. And Google was on to that. They basically yes. said there was one point where they said there's no negative SEO. What mm-hmm. I have seen now is that when there's negative SEO, it's so laughable that I almost feel in certain instances Google is ignoring. And I have one case study where the negative SEO was so extreme that it didn't end up hurting them, but whatever was left after that was over. And again, history is written by the victor. If you make it through it, mm-hmm. all of that because some of that negative SEO turned out to be okay, I meaning yeah. anchor text coming in, and sure. they ended up stuck in certain positions nationally. There's no way they could have had they not had that negative SEO attack.
0: Sure, yeah, I completely agree with that. <clears throat> Another question: uh, .dot com still better than dot law, dot lawyer, dot attorney.
1: It's, you know, it to, 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 to me, um, in fact, somebody did a case study, uh, Bill Hartzer actually did a case study stating that, you know, I'm not sure if all things were equal, but he said that nets are actually treated more favorable than dot coms in Google. Um, and so, you know, I guess you'd have to kind of like, really like look into that case study and, and see like all the variables. In my opinion, it's a matter of like domain age, to me, right, Absolutely.
2: and age is so freaking important.
1: And so, you know, if you're gonna put a .dot lawyer against a .dot com that was registered in 1996, right? Um, you know, I'm gonna take that .dot com all day long. You know, and a lot of times, what we do is we see things like we see these .dot lawyer websites that are all that that start ranking, right? It's like I remember Emery Ledger had a .dot pro website that was ranking. You remember that? Yeah. Um, and I. I I'm like, call him like, holy shit, man! How the hell do you pull this off, man? I'm like, this is impressive, right? Come to find out, he just redirected his .com to the .pro, and he passed all that authority. And so it's kind of like there's there's stuff behind it. The, the magic is behind the scenes that the ordinary eye doesn't know. And so with the .lawyer and .legal, you know, a lot of people are going to take their old .com and redirect it, um, right? You know, and so that's kind of like the facade that most people don't
2: see. Well, it's funny because you go to that story because there there was a point where the filtering of that 301 didn't seem to pass bad juice. So that was one way to do a very, in the old days at least, you could clean things up very quickly with a 301. Mm-hmm. Um, but that actually brings me to a, to something that we we see a lot. How do you address clients who have a domain It's a good, crusty old domain, you know, you know, fifteen years old. And they're like, Oh, we want to use a different name. Like we're going a different direction and and you're like, it's you're coming to you. Mm -hmm. So you're starting you're starting new. We're talking about it setting expectations. You know, there are times when you three oh one stuff and it's like, no big deal. Mm-hmm. And there are times when Google is not loving it for whatever reason. How do you set expectations where it's a risk? Because hist- again, history being written by the victor, if it goes straight through, they love you and they're sending you a box of cigars. And if it turns out that it's one of those ones that doesn't quite you know, mesh immediately, it will mm-hmm. eventually, you'll get your grass green, but it might take a season. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, do you, how do you set expectations when there is no certainty as to how it's gonna be affected?
0: We Both had one client, sorry, that came please, please. in with uh, had an exact match domain and wanted uh, only because they wanted to go statewide. So their exact match was localized. And they we, we were building some authority to it for a while, but then uh, you know, Jason's like, all right, well, if you wanna switch to the law firm name, we're gonna take a hit. And we did, we took a hit for what? What was it like three to six months to gain all the links and all the authority and indexing the content all over again. Yeah, but it's it's kicking ass again. But it it took some while. He was cool with
2: it. I would say just you know that is one of those things that I find very hard setting expectations for because a Mm -hmm. it's some days it just pops immediately, um, Mm -hmm. which is great. But when it's of course the pain in the ass is where it is where it doesn't, Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those uncertainties. Where, you know, and, and again, we I feel like we should have like, uh, you know, somebody has to sign like when you're going on, uh, if you're going to go bungee jumping, you sign away your life. Yeah. <laughs> you are choosing to change your URL for strategic reasons. That's, that's you, you know, here, please sign an initial these seven places and, yeah. and, and, like, and like basically make a poster and send it to them. Because to me, that's one of those ones that it, it, it is one of the most frustrating non-certainties that you have. Uh, That's true, as as and it could be is- done,
1: and and it could be done in so many wrong ways. Like, I mean. The, the scary part is when they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm getting, you know, I'm having another person kind to develop the website and they're going to take, it's like, well, you know how like messed up that could be if you're not mapping URLs correctly. Well, that's and That's the redirecting-
2: contractor who built the framing uh, out. And then you come in and you say, this framing is all screwed up. It's not going to We had to rip it I've down. I've seen its nightmares, color. man.
1: I, I've seen nightmares. We had one client that was convinced that uh, WordPress was the devil and that, you know, has too many <laughs> vulnerabilities and malware. And, and this was like a you know a, a guy that was really about security, and so he convinced this client who was doing it wasn't even before we were working with them, convinced them to move over to some platform called Orchard, right? I'd never heard of it, but it's a .asp.net, and every time you see those kinds of things, you cringe like every SEO, and immediately, bam! And the client didn't know until we kind of like open up their eyes to the tools to see what happened. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's bad.
2: <clears throat> but that, that, that's one of the things I would say that, you know, I think we both identified early was working on WordPress, working with partners like WP Engine, things like yep. that, that getting away from these, the proprietary systems were good for a business model, those shops made tons of money and still do, but that from a, from an optimization point of view um, you know, it's, it's the, the, uh, the, the people that have not, the people that stayed with proprietary systems generally have not fared as well as those that have moved to WordPress. I agree.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we're past the time a little bit. We can keep going and have some fun or we can schedule another one. Cause I still had a whole bunch of questions that people were asking, but- um, Should we let let people get
2: back to their day and make them wait for more?
0: Ah, let's do part two. One more question. Let's
2: take one more and
0: then we'll wrap it up. How's that sound? All right, one more. Uh, Let's pick one. This is fun, man. Like it's just, I like it. What's the worst part of SEO? If you were to do something in SEO that, that if you could eliminate it from all the work that you do for SEO, what would it be? What's the hardest part?
1: The hardest part? I think if, if I ask you, you're gonna say content, right? If you ask me, i <laughs> right, all
0: gonna say
2: like what we do. <sighs> I, I would say the worst part, but one of the things, I'll go to Alex, because uh, i love to get Alex's perspective, because this is a, a real topic, which is, you know, when you're doing content, it has to be unique, right? Obviously you can't just copy a page and just change the location and you, you'd be done. Like everybody everybody wants to do that and ask me why you can't do it, you can't do it. So one of the things I think that's really hard is to write good localized content when the facts or law are the same. And yeah. you know, you could do different courthouses, you can do different roads, you could try to localize, but doing that at scale, I think that I'd love to hear Alex's thoughts on best practices for localizing um when it you really are creating a fiction because there's not that much to differentiate one page for another other than the keyword you're going for
0: variety of writers and editors that's that's the answer i mean we we've got so many writers and editors on staff that no clients ever getting the same people um only by request right because we're at a place now where we have client profiles and clients have preference depending on what tier they are in um, but it's really comes to variety. Um, we go through like a 90 day training with these writers. So if you remember the boiler room where, uh, Vin Diesel or Ben Affleck come into the room and says, whoever has their series seven, get the fuck out. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same with a lot of the writers. They have to unlearn what they've learned, mm-hmm. uh, before from writing to learn the style and format that we're doing things. in. and, um, there's a structure and a format for it all. But it, it really comes down to variety to have the differentiation. But still, I mean, no matter who writes it, there's always a redundancy. It's going to happen with the volume that we're creating. But, you know, fortunately, all of it, you know, comes out originally. Just some, uh, you know, depending on the lawyer or the firm, they like to have their hand in it. And sometimes, you know, Jason and I have to hop on and say, dude, you just got to let us do our work. Love if that, you want I... high quality New York Times content, then you got to pay a little extra for that.
2: You know, I, I, I just, you know, yes. And so that would be my answer. I think that the, the localized content is one of the hardest things to do at scale. Um, but that, uh, I, I get it. I'll leave you with this final story. My, my law partner, Dave, and he hates everything that we write. You know, he hated it when it was all anchor text and he hates it or, or words repeated. And, you know, but also those lawyers, if you handed something they wrote and they didn't realize they wrote it, they'd rewrite it themselves. Exactly. So, and I'm, I, I, I just pound the 80-20 rule. You know as a lawyer I got to take off the lawyer I put on the businessman hat do you want to make money or do you want perfection in content mm-hmm. and I think unless if you're not willing to you know le- let some control go we, we've you know we've you know parted ways with clients where they're just like you know or like you want this give us content because nobody's gonna be able to satisfy you at, at you know with what's inside your head and that the key is ROI and if mm-hmm. you and again you want to hurt your brand I'm not saying you want to put something that's crappy out there but assuming that you get stuff that passes the laugh test that's that's high quality editors have gone through it's grammatically right spellings right you know and the law is not wrong there it's never going to be said perfectly and especially at scale you have all those different writers with different styles so if you like one of them you may not love the other one but you need to keep them different so it's like it's part of that sausage making that nobody likes to see but they like it when the phone's ringing they're making money
0: yeah well, I'm funny, God. amen amen <laughs> i that's going to be a soundbite to all of our new clients
2: when
0: they're buying I
1: think think one of the hardest parts for me is, um, you know, is when you're hired to do a job, but there's somebody that has a job that is in a position like this, you're going to be working or or, sometimes they're introduced after the fact. It's like, Hey, we brought in this person and they're going to be our new SEO uh, manager or whatever. And you're going to work with them. And like, you know, and this person doesn't have the same breadth of experience that you have. And so like, they just want to be helpful and they're going in and like changing title tags and like, oh, we don't, we don't play we don't play we don't play that. I'm game. just I'm saying, well, we, we, we don't either that. no more. But we had somebody right. that was introduced and it's like, what? And it's like, there's a new sheriff in town. I don't know if I believe with this. I'm and, and he just
2: started like, and boy, man. Yeah, and yeah, now that's,
0: and that's, some of those are, that's some
2: of those guys are not clients anymore. Yeah, so the
0: client, they fired the guy. No, no, no. But but I'm saying it goes either
2: way. Yeah, 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 we
0: were afraid it was going to go that way, though. That is,
2: and look, you also get the people come in and say, why are you paying these guys all this money? I can do it. Um, You know, look, Jason knows this because he knew me back in the day. And I'll, I'll conclude sort of with why I even started the agency. I'd have a guy. And he'd, he'd be my my, my right hand person, who so was one year it was a girl, and they'd stay two years and then they'd go off and they'd do something else. it wasn't like they were competing with me, but I you know, they they went, they made more money and they learned the stuff, and then I'd have to start all over again. And what you know, what I realized was the reason that we started and built the agency the way we did, which sounds very similar to the way you guys do things, is people do things in their given thing. You have people who do paid search. They're not doing content. People doing content aren't doing links. And so when you get one person that comes in, they may have an expertise in one area, but it is rare that they are that well-rounded so that, you know, what they, you know, while they may have really great insight into one area, the other areas could be their blind spots and that, it's just incredibly painful. We've, we've kept some, we've lost some, and it's just you know no magic uh, answer there. What I would like to think is that what we set out for, I'm sure you do too, is look at people as a partner. And if the person's mm-hmm. coming to the table with ideas and you can have a really good exchange of ideas and accept some and challenge others and meet in the middle on some stuff that you can, great. But if, it's, uh, if it comes from an authoritative place, it rarely works. I agree. Yep, And it's, it's almost
1: one one last thing. So like it's taken all because for us, even when we're hiring like SEO, like analysts and stuff like You know, the, the going rate is going to be between 70,000, you know, whatever. It's not, it's not cheap to hire like somebody that actually knows what they're doing. Right. You know, and so for somebody to bring in one person, like you said that that is a generalist. You know, if you think you're gonna save money by kind of hiring one person, well, they're not gonna write the content. They're gonna to have to write the content, right? You're gonna still have to have links. You're still gonna to have to do technical SEO. This one person that you think is gonna do all of this stuff is not, you know? And so when you think about paying an agency $7,500 or plus, right? You're getting everything, right? You're getting the collective resources of the payrolls that we have, right? With experts in their particular fields. So it's not always a winning proposition to kind of bring it in house because you think you're getting a
2: little bit cheaper. Well, no, and that's my point of the Mm -hmm. people kept leaving and then the person leaves and you're starting from scratch. Exactly. And you you frankly don't know what they know. That's right. Because they're there. So interpersonally, you want to believe people. And that's, I, I think, that's the what I've seen. And very often, whether they we we win and the person leaves or that person stays, you find out three months later, the person that was caused you all this trouble is now gone. That's right. It happens time after again.
1: So when are we doing part two, man? This is yeah. awesome. we will have to schedule it. I had a lot of fun, let's man. Schedule. Thank you for setting yeah, it up,
0: Alex. It. <clears throat> let's do part two because we still had a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how to go into content and SEO for 2021, how we managed COVID for our clients. So there's a lot to talk about still. So let's get... Mm-hmm number two schedule there's still over 30 people on online that wanted to continue hearing you guys is that right (laughs) thank you you (laughs) we appreciate you Uh, (laughs) yeah you know we had a packed virtual house (laughs) we could barely fit them in Uh,
1: i love how you tried that scarcity trick (laughs) with your copy man oh my god i called you out (laughs) on
0: it should i do it should i not that's um, awesome but uh thank you guys all for joining um we oh wait do we have some chats hold on. People at for the last. yeah this is good very good thank, thank, thank
2: you, this you guys
0: this was awesome yep thank you guys for joining so look out for an email or facebook or something for for another invite maybe next month or in a couple weeks guys seth man awesome having you jason always a pleasure love you guys.
1: likewise peace <laughs> out peace guys thank you